0: Craig Martel is the driving force behind the 20 books to 50k movement, which is presently transforming the independent author community. He is a top 100 ranking author on the Amazon science fiction charts with over 360,000 sales in the past three plus years. Regardless of those figures, I can tell that one of the biggest feathers in Craig's cap is being compared by his readers to the legendary sci-fi author Andre Norton. Craig Martell, welcome to The Fearless Storyteller. Hey, great to have, uh, great to be here, uh, Ethan. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, it's a pleasure. Um, you know, I just don't get enough of you in my Facebook feed on a daily basis, so I figure we need to chat.
1: So for well, people... Clear, clearly, you're spending too much time on Facebook then.
0: Probably. Um, my word count and book count is, I, I bow to, <laughs> to what you're doing. But I still think you're posting more than I am on Facebook.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a, a lot of the giving back that I do to other, uh, trying to help out other authors, as well as trying to maintain my own brand with my uh, my personal page and, some, and my author page.
0: Right. And now, since my listeners are kind of comprised of not just authors, but also songwriters and screenwriters, um, yes. why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for people who may not know who you are?
1: Uh, My name is Craig Martell. I'm a a science fiction author. I've been doing this full time for more than four years now. I have uh, uh, well over a hundred books published, uh, many collaborations. I didn't write all of them myself. Uh, I've written, I don't know, 50, 60 myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's what I do. So uh, I do write a lot of books. I have uh, 16, 17 different series And that's generally how I market them as the first book in the series or a box set to get people into the series. And uh, I write, I've been compared to Heinlein and Norton, I mean, very, uh, very august and humbling. Uh, (laughs) And and I continue to strive to write better with each book, mostly science fiction, uh, space opera, uh, post-apocalyptic, military science fiction. Mm. I spent uh, 20 years in the Marine Corps. I'm retired from the USMC. Uh, And then I went to law school, got a law degree. And then I went into business consulting. So I have a, a varied background that then I bring all of that into into my writing, I hope. Yeah.
0: Um, and just for, you know, I, you're, you're pretty humble, you know, you compare your writing to Heinlein and Norton. And I think that's, that's fair. But so you, you retired as a major, is that right?
1: I, I retired as a major. I was enlisted for the first eight years. And then I got my commission and then uh, 12 more years as an officer. Yes.
0: Nice. That sounds like a good journey. And what, what from like your journey led you to writing? I, I loved
1: to read. Uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, I'm, I'm, I'm an old dude. I'm, I'm a child of the sixties. So uh, in my pack, I always had a, a paperback or something to read. And I read thousands of science fiction novels uh, the kindle came about well the the uh, uh nook <clears throat> i picked that up right away when it first came out i'm like digital books oh my god i can carry 10 books instead of just one <laughs> and uh, i always had digital books and and uh and always something to read so i read an awful lot and then uh, uh, for my jobs i always had to uh, brief and present tell stories now the stories are based on true information because I was an uh, uh, intelligence in the Marine Corps. No uh, both enlisted as, a, as an officer. So it's telling a story, capturing the, the audience in a way that then they'll do something and, and act, either make a decision or, or uh, prepare something in some way. So mm-hmm. uh, when mm-hmm. I finally got down, and as a lawyer, you write an awful lot. <clears throat> so uh, when I finally threw all that aside, I'm like, I, I want to write, but I don't want to uh, footnote stuff. I want to keep research to a minimum. So science fiction, I love reading it. Let me write what I love. And that uh, it came, came together very nicely.
0: Cool. And how did you just time out work? Because I know from my own experiences, it wasn't like I just instantly grokked that, um, that storytelling was the way to engage your audience and, and get buy-in. How did you come about that lesson? I
1: can't really answer that because it just it seemed to come naturally for me hmm. that uh, about the storytelling because I, I have read so many books and I've always consolidated information into usable form and that's why uh, as a lawyer I was able to read uh, thousands of pages of, of information uh, and churn it down into a single brief. Hmm. <clears throat> so that's uh, uh, probably. My life prepared me for things that I did in my life, but then that also prepared me to then be a, uh, an author. And, and you take all of that experience, and now as an author, I get to put it all in, and I read, and I'll research, I'll read some uh, Dragon Riders of Pern, and mm-hmm. then I'll dive back into my story, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can weave this this way, and mccaffrey eyes this, and, uh, and mm-hmm. do those kinds of things to, uh, to make it more compelling. Every, every book I write is tr- trying to make it better than the last one.
0: Right, and so you, you you're kind of mentioning some of your your heroes. So, who are your writing heroes? You mentioned Anne McCaffrey, Andre Norton, Heinlein. <clears throat> Those are the big three.
1: Also, DC Fontana.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: uh, she did the uh, Star Trek, the original series, and so and a lot of other stuff that she was involved with. But her storytelling, even though she didn't write novels per se. She did write compelling stories, so you can always learn uh, from from folks. I uh, I do like uh, 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 Tolkien, of course, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, uh, G.K. Chesterton, mm-hmm. some some old school British authors. Uh, I like. I tell you what. Also, another thing that I read in order to study story is Louis L'Amour and Zane Grey. Uh-huh. You know, westerns written a hundred years ago.
0: Yeah, so is like old school pulp, really popular. Oh, you bet. Edgar Rice Burroughs, uh, the
1: Carter of Mars series. That one is, it's, it's pure pulp because you just, it's just rolling through uh, the story. But yet you go back to that era and Burroughs was getting paid by the word. So of Mm -hmm. course he churned out words. And then you have Jules Verne who just told great stories who had these visions and then put them down on paper as individual stories.
0: Yeah. And, and H.G. Wells, too, of course. So you're, yeah, you yeah, it sounds like you're a library for science fiction and, and <laughs> fantasy, if we come down to it. And I think that probably bears out in some of the genres you've been writing in. Like, I, I'll notice you're mixing in these uh, <clears throat> procedurals and, and, and legal stories and all sorts of things, and, and even perhaps kids' mysteries. Or young yes. adult
1: mysteries, right? And so, yes, I,
0: the the
1: monster case files, another thing that we tried, and I targeted the wrong audience for that. Uh, even though that's, it's really geared for adults, even though it's younger uh, protagonists. So that one, we'll, we've recovered half the books. Hmm. <clears throat> we're going to tweak up the uh, the books themselves, the narratives, and then we're going to relaunch and see if we can uh, garner the right audience.
0: Hmm. Uh, we'll get I'll get to some of that in a minute, but I, I guess I have a question about like mentors in your life, right? Like, like how did you, how do you get to to learning about the business of this and the and and learning to improve yourself and and find that guidance? Like, I get that sense that mentors are important <laughs> to you. As
1: a uh, as a business consultant, I worked as a business consultant for seven years in Fortune 500 companies. <clears throat> I had a law degree, so I was I was uh, allowed into the corner office, and I worked with some incredibly talented uh, business coaches—people who coached people in their business and as well as their leadership skills. Hmm. And one of the things that we really worked hard on is asking better questions. Hmm. So in mentoring. You have to research. You can't just go in and say, hey, how do I sell books? That's that's weak. It's cheap. It's I would even call it lazy. Uh, here's what I've done, and I've sold this many. Uh, if I've sold five books. How do I sell seven? Okay, now there's something we can work with. Well, you can you leverage this? Can you scale up? What can you do? Uh, so asking better questions. And you'll see that in 20 Books to 50K that I do uh, 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 put in alternate questions for people. Mm -hmm. When they've asked a uh, a, like a binary question, does anybody know how to use Amazon Ads? Well, yes. That doesn't answer your question. Your question is, how do I use Amazon Ads to help me sell more of this thing? Right. So,
0: And and then probably the next question is, how do I do? How do I use Amazon Ads to help me sell this thing profitably? Yes. Uh, and, and
1: here's what I've done so far. So we can look at it instead of, well, I, I don't know what you've done so far. So if you've never had an ad, well, make a bunch mm. so, and, uh, and start from there and see which one resonates. And let's look at your uh, ad copy. And, and there's so many things to do. So mm-hmm. in order to, to be a good mentee, the person who, who finds somebody to help them, you really have to show that you're willing to help yourself because uh, a lot of people who are asking for help want to be carried. And it's not everybody, but it's enough that it's really really annoying and time consuming. You find somebody who wants to be carried, it's like, "Well, what have you tried?" "Well, what do you recommend I try?" No, that's not how it works, man. I'm not 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 going there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I can imagine coming in at this say from the beginning. Let's let's say I'm I'm thinking about writing my first book right? And there's probably a couple things going on. I know, I'll speak from my own personal experience, say, when I got into songwriting, like, 20 years ago, and thinking was, um, well, if I'm going to spend my time creating stuff, then I should be able to sell it. Yeah. And and then here, <coughs> all these years later, when I'm thinking about getting into writing books, I stumble into early on this goldmine of, like, open and transparent information um, about strategies and tactics and results. And you mentioned 20 books to 50K for people who don't know what that is, right? That's that's kind of a community resource that's grown organically over time. Um, but if I'm coming in and I'm thinking, oh, I'm gonna write a book and I'm gonna make money and here's this community of people are making money. I imagine that would really overwhelm the whole creative process really quick, and and all that personal work you have to do just to figure out how to write a book. There's a lot of people
1: self destruct because they get overwhelmed with the uh, the you have to market, you have to target, you have to be your uh, your promoter, you have to be the ad copy guy, right. a- and. I I tell people, learn what you need to know when you need to know it. And then, of course, I put a book together, become a successful indie author that then lays out the general steps Mm. to help people understand, here's what you need to do. And I start off saying, the most important thing you need to do is write the book. You cannot, you can't get quagmired in, oh, gee, do I need a newsletter? How do I get more subscribers if you haven't written the book yet? You you have to write the book because uh, not everybody can stick with it to the end or write a compelling story. Humans humans are natural storytellers. I mean, you start when uh, as soon as you start to talk, you start to tell stories. So that part is natural, but putting it down on paper takes some takes some work and takes some practice.
0: Hmm. I like that, and so become a successful indie author. That's book one in the successful indie author series that you put out. It is.
1: We have four books in that series now, soon to be six.
0: Now, I know like one of the problems is when you're trying to figure things out and you step in, like, let's say I'm that new author. Okay. So now I'm thinking about writing my first book. I'm starting to plan. I might even be taking a few notes on or writing my first chapters, but I'm still reading 20 books to 50K or these other things. And People are saying, "Oh man, I, you got to do these other things while you're writing your book, like start your n- newsletter." Right? Like, is how do you think about shoulds and have tos and advice in general?
1: <clears throat> There's uh, none of that. That's uh, Michael Anderly says probably hashtag probably. Mm. Um, my first book, I made the cover. I did not uh, pay a penny to have it edited. I sent it to a bunch of uh, proofreaders. Not one of them got back with me. So I'm <laughs> like, I, it was my first book. I mean, what yeah. do you what do you expect? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I published a whole lot, right? Yeah, clearly, <laughs> I, I expected more than I got, but uh, I published it uh, just as it was. And I have since unpublished that because I sold that to a traditional publishing publishing house, a uh, an imprint of Simon and Schuster.
0: Mm,
1: so cool. I have that book is a now a four book series with uh, with uh, a pod- uh, not Podium with uh, Brain Freeze, with an imprint of Simon and Schuster. We'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> but the, the uh, those. Uh, those stories, you can tell and you can improve, but you can't improve unless you have something to, to work from. So getting the story down, I think, is so critical. And these have-tos, well, I, I mean, I knew what uh, what tropes what uh, would resonate with that readership because I wrote what I, I liked and what I uh, was compelled to write. Mm -hmm. in the first place. So as far as shoulds and have to, you have to start a newsletter. No, you don't have to do anything except there's one thing that you have to do if you want to make a living at this or if you want to make any money and that's you have to find readers willing to pay for your story. Mm -hmm. And that will drive everything else you do. It's easier to recontact them if you have them on a newsletter list. It's really easy to set that up you don't have to get any subscribers before you publish your first book because uh, you have to have something for them to say ah i do want to read this guy's stuff because i've read this short story of his and i liked it i liked his style so mm-hmm. i have a bunch of short stories that are that are available for free floating around book funnel to get people onto my newsletter
0: hmm. so you kind of you, you mentioned this first book and and the journey it it took briefly and kind of went in the opposite direction of like conventional wisdom or at least cliche thinking about, about how writing books and publishing books work, right? Um, you started with trying to self-publish and then went in the direction of getting it in the hands of traditional publishing. And I'm curious about that journey, how it ended up there. <clears throat> I wrote that book. Uh,
1: I published it. I had, the, I had a, a second book written. I had a third book underway. And I published it and I sold like 50 some copies. Hey, yay! Hey, I think 50, 50 were to my dad. <laughs> and uh, the uh, uh, other books, I was writing a space opera series. And then I was writing a, uh, a thriller just because all the stuff. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to write what I want. Well, in order to make money, you have to write consistently in one uh, in one genre. So mm-hmm. that's, I'm like, okay, let me write science fiction. Let me keep this one series going for six books. So that first book was post-apocalyptic, but my series that was really uh, finding traction was a, a space adventure. Okay. Because I got a, a, a celebrity endorsement on it, and it it was it was getting traction. But then I heard from a, a new friend, as, as you get into the publishing world, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, this company is looking for, they're trying to get out of zombie post-apocalyptic fiction and straight post-apoc. So they're, they're looking for stuff right now. They just made this decision. So I sent them a manuscript before anybody else. And they're like, Hey, we'll read it. It's already published. So, and, uh, and they recommended, okay, take it down, split this one book into two, because, uh, it's a hundred thousand words. And generally 50,000 words is a right target for books in this genre, uh, survivalist post-apoc. And, uh, and we went from there. So, I was doing my own thing with my space adventure. Well, hey, I got this book. It wasn't selling. So let me see if I can market it here. So it it wasn't like, well, we want first publication. Well, we changed the title. We changed the name. We changed the cover. We changed the series. We had it edited. We added uh, 5,000 words. So 50,000 on that first part became like 55,000. And uh, so... It was a whole new book by the time we published it, with a whole new audience because my 50 people, dad, and like three other people, <clears throat> didn't really count as if it had been published already. Right. So, and they picked it right up, so because they liked the story, but they understood, yeah, we need this needs to be edited professionally by by our people, edited, formatted for publication. I mean, i i I public uh, publish right out of Word. I don't hassle with extra formatting stuff. I'm like, hey, here, it's uh, it's going to be good. People are going to read the words and and uh, uh, hopefully the story compels them and they look past any other minor issues. Now, since then, I do have a, a professional formatter format my stuff just to give it that extra glitz.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. <clears throat> as you compete, uh, as you're selling you know, 5,000, 10,000 copies a month, to get to 12,000 to 15,000, you need that little bit extra over top of uh, the next person. So mine are professionally formatted. They're uh, uh, eye candy on top of a good story. I get uh, my covers are exceptional now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went through a yes. lot of bad covers and recovered things, uh, but now uh, exceptional covers. Uh, I, I, I know how to ask better questions. And I know how to get the right
0: people involved to take a second look. Mm. So I noticed kind of a couple of the themes coming up. One was this trad pub deal came up because of basically community and and tribe that you have, right? You're, you're staying in touch with people, not living in your cave, doing it all by yourself. I keep hearing about team and collaboration and, and community and giving back. And so like, what, what is the power of community and tribe? And- I'll tell you, none of us are as smart as
1: all of us. So if we all get together and also I spent my whole life competing in the Marine Corps, you're competing for promotion. You're competing for positions. And uh, as a lawyer, you're competing hmm. to uh, uh, win cases. You're competing for clients. You're always competing In the business world, we were competing against the almighty bottom line. Mm -hmm. So how in the hell can we improve the bottom? So we're always competing, trying to get uh, one step ahead. Uh, We're competing to keep clients. We're competing to win new clients. And then uh, when I started writing, I'm like, I'm tired of competing. I just want to write a story. Mm. And well, when you market, you do compete because you do uh, throw out a higher bid or something like that, but. You can share. Here's how. Here's how it's worked for me, because people with better ad copy, maybe a different cover, maybe a different target audience. Uh, there are far more readers than books we can produce. So, how do we how do we access those, and how do we turn TV watchers into readers? Hmm. Because if if you do that, then everybody wins. Because if I even if I'm publishing one book a month, people can read more than a book a month, and mine read fast because I write I write pulp style. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're good. They're quality. They're grammatically correct. I don't uh, uh, repeat words too often, and 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 they have a great flow to them. But they uh, but they read fast.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: somebody jumps into my sixty thousand word book. Four hours later, they're they're done, and it's like, well, what what next? I can't wait for the next one. That's what I love to hear. But then they might look at, well, what does Craig recommend? And I uh, almost always have a second or third book that I'll recommend in my newsletter. Hey, I released mine, but take a look at this
0: guy's. Yeah. So kind of lifting people up as well. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's all of us to find more readers. It's not me competing against these other authors. And once we realized that and took that approach, it was so much easier for all of us to win. Because I look at uh, when I first started, how many people were making 100000 a year just mm. self-publishing. And now in the same industry, science fiction, we have so many more. And it's yeah. not that the people who were making it before are making less. They're making even more. So right. how do you do that if you're competing? It's not a zero-sum game where, there's, where if somebody wins, somebody has to lose. No, we can all win with that great story. The people who fall off the uh, the wagon who lose reader share or readership market share mm-hmm. are those who who haven't kept up the stories in a way that are that is compelling to the readers right uh, folks uh, get too political folks uh, uh, are are taking a position that may not be popular uh, i mean i write for the readers i write what i want but i've developed my readership to be folks who like what i like mm. <clears throat> so i don't have to contort or do something that's not comfortable, not natural, in order to keep my readers on board. I don't have to uh, jump on a uh, a soapbox or do anything that I wouldn't normally do.
0: Yeah, that must that must help, kind of, with the overall mindset of interacting with your readers too. Like if these are just people who are into what you're into, yep, it'd be easier. Yep. Looking looking for
1: an escape. I, I I like to say I write escape fiction. Right you if, you're, if uh, the rate the real world sucks, take a break read read a book and uh, disappear for a while and then come back
0: to it with a with a new attitude right and would you say your books are a pretty good reflection kind of who you are and your your values and I think so of, yeah yeah you you mentioned in your bio that you write about justice, honor, and loyalty because that's what I care about. <clears throat> uh, I think it was the second half of that that I cared most about, which was, you're making a statement about you You are sticking to what's important to you and not trying to be something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, <clears throat> my writing to market is yes, this market was there. And I, I went after those readers uh, with intentionality through uh, list builders, through writing books, through targeting ads, through marketing campaigns, mm-hmm. but my, my right to market is this market was there. I didn't have to contort anything. I didn't try to get into the romance market or the erotica market. Yes, there's a lot of money in reverse harem, but mm-hmm. I couldn't write it because I didn't study it. I did study science fiction. I've read thousands of science fiction novels, so I know what those are supposed to look like. I know what ones I didn't like looked like, and I know what ones I do like look like.
0: Right. So you've got your own unique taste that you've developed being a reader yourself and and this passion. And so you take that taste and you're writing your books and then figuring out, well, you know, there's readers out there who have the same kind of taste you do. How do I reach them? Sounds like. Yeah. So instead of being, I should change who I am and try on some different things that aren't me so that I can get approval from some readers, so, so I can get approval. So I, I want to make money. So let me do this thing that
1: I don't like, but I'm just going to do it to make money. I mean, that's a, a, that's a, a, a gateway to literal prostitution. And, <laughs> and we don't, we're not going to sell ourselves to sell a book. I'm going to uh, write a book that I like that but- I would read
0: but craig aren't, aren't we kind of trained to do that like coming up out of school a little bit and not trying to get <laughs> political but right we're we're learning to do things that are going to make us money
1: that, that's right and that's why my the sixth book in the successful indie author series is titled marketing yourself without feeling like you have to take a hot shower afterwards <laughs> so that that's yeah. a, it's it's how do you market Without being, without feeling like a dirty whore, I think is what the, the initial title was. But I, I didn't want to. Uh...
0: Were you going? Were, were you going into the new uh, successful author series that's reverse harem uh, author tips?
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't. Uh, yeah, we we don't want to do that. I mean, you you want to write what you like that has an audience as I, as I tell people, genre equals marketing.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: when you say I write a little bit of JK Rowling with some James Patterson with fine, what is the biggest group of readers who will like your stuff? Mm-hmm. So when I write my stuff, it's like, okay, David Weber's readers, uh, um, uh, Andre Norton's readers, Robert Heinlein's readers. Now Andre Norton and Robert Heinlein are dead, so that right. readership is kind of static and looking for new authors. So I'm trying to fill that void while targeting people who are looking for those books, but they're not looking for new Heinlein or new Norton. So right. that's the challenge. If people are looking for new books by an author, I want them to be looking for new books by me.
0: Right. So how, do, how, do you, how are you approaching that then? That's an interesting problem to identify an opportunity, I should say. Um, it's, with- it's a lot
1: of targeting. It's a lot of tendrils. People who uh, read Heinlein also read X. So Mm -hmm. that's a lot of trial and error on Amazon advertising with targeting
0: keywords. Mm. So you kind of follow their awesome bots or just at this point, probably use a personal assistant or whatever you do. Yeah. I have have a couple actually. Yeah. So you've got a good team going on there. And one of the things I wanted to talk with you specifically about because you do one of the things i appreciate about you is that beyond your service mentality you're not just focusing on the victories you're you're talking about the low points along the way in your own journey and how you deal with that and so i guess my question for you is without glossing over um the low points in that process since we are all creators here right listening Um, what, what is your process for dealing with disappointment?
1: I put on my business hat and try not to look at it as an artist, like, man, they should love this series. People should love this series. Uh, if they don't, well, there's something wrong with it or you're targeting the right audience. That's like my monster case files. I thought that was a great concept. I thought it was a great series, but it didn't resonate. It was supposed to be 24 books. We stopped it at eight. Mm. <clears throat> because it wasn't selling. I mean, wasn't selling. We'd sell ten copies. Mm. A new release, a, a new Craig Martel release, sold ten copies. I mean, that was uh, so insulting. It was a, a ice pick right to the heart. Because mm. I'm I'm used to selling, uh, you know, one to two thousand copies that first week of a release, right? And uh, ten, like, oh my god, how could this? How could this not resonate more? So mm. we stopped it. We looked at it. We reviewed what what is going on. I talked to some readers who loved the series and uh, revised that, oh, okay. They read it because I said, hey, this is the book. And that's very few people uh, have followed me to that degree, the super fans,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who also read the, the mystery, the YA young adult mystery. right? And it's like, okay if I target this readership and how about these new covers and, you know, paid a lot for new covers. And they said, yes, that's exactly, that would, I would pick this up in a heartbeat. And okay. So the new covers being a big thing, changing the blurbs out, changing the, the target audience from young adult to adult to normal adult. I mean, it'll be 13 to whatever, but I'm not going to go specifically after the young adult categories and it's Every, every failure is an opportunity to learn and and revise. And the great thing about self-publishing is those books didn't resonate, so what? I'll throw new covers on them. I'll do a little bit of editing and clean up to uh, get those areas that were slow within the story. And we'll relaunch them, and and who knows? They could take off very nicely. Mm-hmm. And I expect that they will.
0: That's cool. And I'm curious, like from a mindset perspective, you could just have packed it in said okay it failed I'm gonna put my time in somewhere else what was it that kept you kept you Every, going in that in pushing that forward time
1: I have uh, eight books with a uh, with a reader magnet so I have nine stories that should find a potential market. I, hmm. uh, I've written enough books that I know that they're good enough. They're, they're good stories. They should, uh, they should resonate. So now that I have them, uh, let me sell them to a different, let me take them downtown and sell them on the street. Let me move over here and sell them to this audience. Hmm. It's, it's just a product that can be sold. Now I'm not investing a whole lot of time and uh, I hope to get my money back on the covers, but they could take off. And also they're in such a format that uh, they may resonate with uh, Hollywood which we do have, uh, we do have uh, feelers out, and we do have people there that uh, have approached us on other series, right? Because I've written enough series. Uh, the Dark Landing series is uh, is written specifically for uh, a weekly serial for television.
0: That's that's really cool. <clears throat> so I'm...
1: that's it, it's 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 opportunity. So this uh, Monster Case Files could be something else. Who knows?
0: Yeah, so it sounds like beyond the passion for writing stories, because if you just had passion for writing stories, you'd just keep writing and maybe ignore the sales. But that there's you you seem to gain something from this troubleshooting, problem solving, puzzle puzzle solving process that is self business, being in business for yourself. I guess as
1: as, as a business coach. Hmm. Uh, continuous improvement was one thing that, uh, that we coached specifically and it was in our contract. Hmm. So if you're making 10 today, what's it going to take to make 11 tomorrow or 12 or 20? What, what does it take? Right. And this, these are the kinds of things that I look at when I put my business hat on that. Now I have this product. How do I move it? How do I move more of it? Whatever, whatever the appropriate question is for that product. So it's, it's two different halves. I love telling the stories. I love writing stories. I love getting great feedback on stories. Like I love this. This is your best story ever. I, that, uh, that stuff uh, keeps me, keeps me motivated, but the business stuff keeps me, allows me to keep doing what I do with the, with the art, art side of it, with mm-hmm. telling the story. So it's a, uh, I like both. I am a, a, a an Excel super user. So I have everything in spreadsheets. I have, uh, let's see how many I have open right now, two, but I need to open another one up here soon, as soon as I get off and work on uh, the valuation spreadsheet. We have some 600, 700 publications, Mm. and I parse that each month for collaborators just to show everybody, here's what you're making, here's what uh, this book made, and and, uh, the breakout percentages and stuff like that. Mm. So So I like that part but I like to see the book sell and it's all, it's all a a puzzle of, of targeting. Am I targeting the right readership and how do I target them and bring them on board in such a way that
0: I make more than I spend. Hmm. Yeah. And so you mentioned like that feeling of how it was kind of like being stabbed in the heart when, when your when your product wasn't received in the marketplace, that first go round, um, and you moved on pretty quickly, it sounds like, into that problem-solving business mode. I'm curious like how long that's been a trend in your life as far as it goes. Is that something you you learned early on, something you picked up in the Marines or from growing yeah, up? That's
1: it just one of those things that was natural to me. Hmm. Uh, when I was in high school, I did the absolute minimum I needed to do to get an A. <laughs> so I graduated with a 4.0 uh, GPA. I was a valedictorian of my high school class. There were six of us who had 4.0s, but I did the minimum necessary. So I did what I had to do. And I did the same thing in college. I was uh, summa cum laude in, in undergrad. I was summa cum laude from law school, do the minimum to get this high standard, Mm. which it sounds uh, uh, like it might be an oxymoron, but it's not. So I always, always shot for what does it take to get this level? Mm. So as I've, as I've gotten self-publishing, it's what do I take to, get here. I've been, since March 6th of 2017, I've been a top 100 science fiction author on Amazon.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. Not a single day outside of those, uh, that ranking.
0: Right. And what does that mean to you?
1: It, it just means that I am established in what I, what I wanted to do with science fiction, that I'm there, that I'm a name. If somebody's browsing, they will see my name, part of my brand, science fiction that then they'll come back. Hey, this guy is consistently here. Let me read one of his books. So I do get people that way as well. So that is, that is a passive marketing uh, perspective with a certain Mm. level of success because you're not in there and not making money.
0: Yeah. And how much of this is because of collaboration, the success, do you think?
1: uh, Collaborating with Michael Anderley on the, Terry Henry Walton series was pretty uh, spectacular. That series made, oh, I don't know, a quarter of a million dollars in the first year. Mm. <clears throat> so yes, uh, I mean, you make that kind of money. It's like, oh my God, of course, this is what I want to do. Well, <laughs> collaborating, I've done a lot more collaborations with other people where they're collaborating with me, where I'm the big name. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that same level of success for them. And I felt horrible and I, I uh, increased my marketing. Generally with collaborations like that, I'm spending all of my profitability on, on advertising and marketing in order for the other person to then see that success.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the, uh, the business result after four years, my analysis is I make the most money on books I personally write. So that's what I'm doing now. I've drawn down my collaborations. I currently have one
0: underway. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I had six or seven. Right. Beyond beyond the business side of it, like what were you getting out of the collaborations? Was there some sort of like were there positive things that came with that, like in the actual creative process, positive things, challenges, growth opportunities, that kind of thing?
1: The uh, the great thing is you see the creativity of other people. Um, sometimes it was it was extremely hard. I had one collaborator that I had to rewrite ninety percent of the words, and it was so, so goddamn painful and mm. uh, and and time consuming. And I finally had to cut the strings after writing eighty thousand words on a book. I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't do this anymore because I'm writing the whole book, and I, I just I cannot do this anymore because mm. I, I I dread seeing your email saying, "Here's the next chapter, which just means <laughs> that I have to write the next chapter now. Right. So <clears throat> uh, I did cut those strings and and a few others because it, it was uh, it was more time consuming than what I got from it. Now, I, I. Try to treat everybody well, so even those collaborations that didn't work out, I took care of them in some way to uh, to help them and give them a foot up with either the uh, the narratives or just giving them here. Take the manuscript; it's all yours, mm-hmm. uh, or, or just hey, here I'll pay you for the work so far. Just just take it and and we'll declare victory, right? Without uh, actually publishing the books, even though I always publish, I, I don't let any words go to waste because you never know the right. readers are the final arbiter of whether something's good or not. Right. But the uh, collaborations, and especially as I lost uh, time doing that, because it's helping one person, and twenty books of fifty K can help thousands of people. Mm -hmm. especially with the, like the Vegas conference, we have 1100 people coming this year Wow! and I can help 1100 people. Oh, by the way, we're recording every session. So I'm not helping 11, I'm helping 10,000 people. So that's, it's like, ah, I can, here's the shotgun approach of helping people by Mm -hmm. bringing these things together. And, and, you recognize what are you good at and organizing and running the conferences. I'm pr- pretty good at, I've run five so far and they've been wildly successful. Mm-hmm. And, and this one will be the sixth in 37 days. I think uh, uh, Vegas starts. So, and then next year's 1500 seats. So it's uh, getting the right people together to talk about the right things in the right way, helping everybody to manage their business in a way that then they improve they improve. We're willing to help anybody who is willing to help themselves. If you want to be carried, go someplace else. Right. That's not what we do in 20 books. It's you deserve everything that
0: you earn for yourself. Right. You know, so I spent like 10 years, I'd say in the music business. And I don't think I ever encountered a community that was as, as, open, transparent, and non-preachy about doing business and tactics as 20 books to 50K. I wish, I mean, I look back and I'm like, "Why? where was this community for, for the music business? And it feels like it's still missing, but I would encourage people who aren't authors, who aren't in the book business, who are passionate about creating to take a look at 20 books to 50 K in the culture and seeing if there's something there to bring forward, to learn about the effect of working together to have a rising tide in our, in our businesses that we care about. And, and that's where Michael Anderle
1: and I are, are attached at the hip Mm. in, in providing this, and we're, we are happy to say that there's nobody like us who is willing to do this at their personal cost. Hmm. Yeah. We charge a, a three-day conference. We're bringing in these high, high level guests and we're charging 139 bucks is all. And yeah. we've taken over a whole hotel. We've got all these presentations. We're recording them. So if you don't come, you still get the uh, the presentations. You still get to see them. Right. We're providing on all of the, the briefs for those presentations. Hmm. It's, there's nobody like us. And that's a, uh, that's maybe that's part of our brand and it's not, it's not selfish. It's not humble. It's like maybe you could be more like us look at reaching a hand back and, and how do you change the world? Uh, one person at a time, man, just the same mm-hmm. way you, you eat an elephant, even though I, I wouldn't eat an elephant. They're so cute with that trunk and stuff, but <laughs> that's good, but one person at a time and that's what we're doing. And we're, we're over 34,000 people in 20 books to 50 K And I'd like to think that we're changing them and it's their safe place that they can come and see that people share openly and, and are supportive. We will celebrate with you like wild people, like it's 1999,
0: 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. And so what's, what's kind of driving you forward for the next year and beyond
1: Uh, writing stories for me, my personal goal is I want that one book that sells a hundred thousand copies that one book that goes viral, mm. and and I'm working on that. My last book in the Executioner series was, it was an exceptional story. It turned out really, really well. And uh, when I was in Vegas last week with Michael, uh, he said, can you make it a standalone? We can publish it as a standalone if we add in you know, some of the background information that you built up in the first five books of that series, enough that somebody is not lost and can mm. get that main story. So right. I'm going to do that. And I do want to talk to Amazon about to, about publishing that book as a standalone while leaving book six separately because I don't want to be accused of being a book bookstuffer uh, selling hmm. the same content twice. But I do right. want that book to stand alone and be a dragon a contender because it is, it, it is an exceptional story. That could be one of the best ones I've ever written. And, and I want it to, to get the exposure that I think it deserves. And that one book that sells 100,000 copies than you know, a million copies. I've sold some 360,000 books in my life. So not bad, not bad, wow, that's but I don't have that one big winner.
0: Mm-hmm. That one book. Well, that's a, that's a, so that, and for you, that's kind of your next mountain, right? You talk about climbing your own mountain Yeah, and, and it's not like, Hey, I came swinging out of the gates to, to hit the home run and Take yeah. my ball and go home if I don't get it right. No, no, I've written a hundred some books, so
1: I, I know very well that it's it's one step at a time, uh, and I know what I need to do. And still, I can't control those readers making a book go viral. Right. But I can provide a book that should go, not one that's oh hey just a, a, a glitchy or a a catchy cover and a and a title that people are buying it, like uh, uh, the book Last Christmas, everything I know about women, and all mm. it was was an empty book. Mm. And that was a bestseller. It was the number one bestseller on the New York Times list, and it was an empty book. Mm. <laughs> but the catchy title, and here's the book. So it was a notebook, more or less. It's pretty funny, though. So, yeah, it was, and that's that's why people bought it. But it was number one bestseller on New York Times, and it had no content inside. Right. So I don't want that
0: one. I want the one where people <laughs> read it and say, "Yes, I love this story." <laughs> That's good. That's a good place to to have it. And so you do that, I imagine, by like, right, like the quality of the story. You're putting out your very best work. You know what that is. It's changed over time. Yeah. And is there something about the character them themselves, the the main character, that you think makes them, kind of? lined up to have that large mass appeal.
1: I think so because the conversation about AIs so it's it's uh comparable to iRobot but different based in a different galaxy with uh, with certain issues. Okay. So that's uh that's the whole thing. Uh it's uh people's interactions with uh, AIs and what is their relationship Especially from a legal foundation, because it's my space lawyer series.
0: Okay, <laughs> nice. And is there anything else you want to say about that? I'm. I'm, I'm no, no. If here. You want, I'm. I'm. I'm if ready to hear what's what's the the big question <laughs> here. I
1: can't. I can't give it away. But that's the uh, <laughs> uh, the title of that one is fratricide. Okay. It's uh, executioner six. Judge, executioner jury, and executioner. Six. Judge, Jury, and Executioner is the series name, but it's Fratricide.
0: All right. Great. And for people who want to find you, Craig, or find 20 Books to 50K, how can they do so?
1: You can find me, craigmartel.com C-R-A-I-G-M-A-R-T-E-L-L-E.com. Uh, that's my website. Uh, it has uh, almost all my books. And then 20 Books to 50K is a Facebook group. So just search twenty books to fifty k. There are some pretenders out there that we've sent cease and desist letters to. Mm. Don't don't find the pretenders, but it's a closed group, so you have to uh, answer some questions to get in. And it's for authors, but uh, hey, songwriters, why not? Uh, come on in. We have poets. We have uh, all kinds of folks who are members, just trying to sell one more book, one more song, one more script uh, tomorrow
0: that you did today. Right. That's great. Well, Craig Martell, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm glad that you said yes to coming on the show.
1: Oh, my my pleasure, Ethan. I'm glad uh, I'm glad I had the time and and we were able to talk.
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Fearless Storyteller. As a reminder, any and all links can be found in the show notes. And if you're enjoying this podcast, will you please consider leaving a review? By doing so, you'll be helping new listeners discover the Fearless Storyteller podcast.